Hey there, I'm Ian. And I'm Rachel. And we want to welcome you to our Building Contenders podcast. Here we share messages, sermons, and our weekly conversations to equip you to contend for the kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy it. Blessings. Blessings. We, we were doing um, our first uh, weekend with our apostles and prophets um, because one of the things that God, God is doing is uh, raising up the prophets and raising up the apostles. I think like on the earth, um, not just in America, but uh, prophets are starting to get to catch this sense of God's heart, which is to raise up the fivefold because they are foundational, they are the gifts of Christ, and they are for the maturing, the adjusting, the correcting, the equipping of the body, which we desperately need in this hour. We, you know you know the old covenant and is different to the new covenant. Uh, Jesus fulfilled the old covenant, the law, he fulfilled the law and the prophets. Uh, but there's actually um, the heart of the prophets, even in the old, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament are to be covenant enforcers or some, yeah, I, I love that too. Um, because even some theologians would say they're to be covenant champions, um, to, to enforce the covenant that God has made with us to remind us of the covenant. And I think even at the heart of, um, the, the Old Testament covenant or, Old Testament prophets, you see, their, their question was, why, why is your loyalty towards God failed? Why have you forgotten God? And, and they were preachers. Yes, they prophesied. Yes, they did signs and wonders. Yes, they did prophetic acts. Um, they raised up schools of the prophets. Yes, they did all that. And I think those are still things we do. But here, here's the three things I thought was really interesting. He reminded the people of what had God done for them? You know, that constant remember, you know, when, you know, when we remember what God's done, set a memorial to the remembrance of the testimony of what the Father's done. Uh, what they, the prophets would tell them what they were supposed to believe. They were the ones who heard directly from the Lord in the Old Testament. And then they, they would also uh, say why ask why people were, were not loyal to the God of Israel. And that was the heart of the prophet. The prophet is the gift to the church. This word, you know, equip in Ephesians 4, sorry, I'm doing a little preach here, but it's so, so important. But this word in Ephesians 4 is, um, the word equip is, uh, equip. 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 equip is catart. Tiso, <laughs> and it means, you know, like a chiropractor, a, a, a lining, a setting of the bones, a realigning, a correction. The, the fivefold uh, put are, are there, especially the prophet and apostle, um, are, are there for the realigning and equipping the body. What do you think, Ian? I, I, think, the, I think that's great. <laughs> I, so there's some there's so much goes on right there's so much goes on in my head like one of the yes. things that um that i realize is that you know we're we were ministering the other day together you were you were you were teaching 
and then you went into this encounter or, or mm -hmm. just went to, yeah and yes. brought us all into this encounter and then i started to prophesy and you know it's very easy then to yeah. think oh my goodness ian's really good at prophesying but all i'm doing is actually drafting behind rachel you know i'm drafting simply behind what what she brings uh to the party and um you know i i it's it's kind of interesting you know johnny's right on mm -hmm. i think we should get all the grumpy <laughs> prophets in the room with joy uh, and i think that's right yes. there it certainly seems there's a lot of hangry prophets around you know maybe they just need to eat a slice of bread and few carbs and they might be better get a few ravens to feed them, yeah, a few <laughs> ravens to feed them. that'd be great um but it is this whole notion i think for mm -hmm. me there's some things that irk me um and i'm not a prophet but there's some things that irk me you know it's <clears throat> like I, I was just looking it up here this notion of of apostles prophets being the message that we are the gift and um, it sounds amazing, right? Like you're you're 15, and <laughs> yes. someone says, you know, you're. I really feel there's a call of an apostle in your life, and you're going. <laughs> don't you know, know what that means. You don't, you don't know what it means, but it sounds amazing. You think you're going to be Bill Johnson or Randy really Clark? <laughs> I'm going to be really important in the kingdom. That's fantastic. When the reality is, you're actually going to be. Yes. You know. This is what Paul says. I've worked much harder, being jailed more often, beaten up more times than I can count on a death's door time after time. I've been flogged five times with the Jews, 39 lashes, beaten by Roman rods three times, pummeled with rocks once. I've been shipwrecked three times and immersed in the open sea for a night and a day. In hard traveling year in and year out, I've had to ford rivers, fend off robbers, struggle with friends, struggle with foes, I've been at risk in the city, at risk in the country, endangered by desert sun and sea storm, and betrayed by those I thought were my brothers. I've known drudgery and hard labor, many a long and lonely night without sleep, many a missed meal, blasted by the cold, naked to the weather. Okay, so there's an application we form for being an apostle. There's an, you know, it immediately goes in with this application yeah. form. So if you really want to be in a puzzle, this is what you got to look forward to. Yes. And, and of course, you know, Paul's not doing this victim thing. He's not like comparing wounds. Hey, I'm, I've had a harder life than you. That's really not what he's doing. He's actually saying there is a cost to this. And mm -hmm. uh, let me model what it looks like mm -hmm. to pay a price. Mm -hmm. And we, we get to do that, which is fantastic. Yeah. No, it's not fantastic. <laughs> no. <laughs> of course. Maybe eternally it'll be fantastic, yes. right? Maybe eternally. But we, we actually get to do this. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of in the midst of all that, you have to deal with all the stuff that's in here and, and mm -hmm. in here, you know. Mm -hmm. Like I was I was going over this thing last night, just you know, I, I can't remember all I could remember was the words God be in my head. God be in my mind and in my understanding, or God be in my heart and in my understanding, right? God be in my heart and in my understanding. Um, what God be in my heart and in my understanding, because I, 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 I sometimes think that that's important, that, that we understand, you know? I yeah. think it's really important to understand the seasons we're in. You know, the sons of Issachar understood the seasons. I think it's really important we understand the seasons. But I feel like a bit of a broken record when I say that. Um, because I keep saying, yeah, you've got to understand what season you're in. If you don't understand the season, you won't understand the signs. And people go, amen, amen, amen. Right. What does 11-11 mean? <laughs> Goodness sake, if you understood your season, you would understand <laughs> the signs. Um, 
but you know it is it it's i kind of wonder i wonder what's going on you know like i i wonder what's going on there's there's definitely something about holiness going on at the minute mm-hmm. you know there's something about prophets and just the the people of god calling people into holiness you know mm-hmm. calling into people but i think they're getting it wrong like i think they're missing the mark somehow about holiness you know it it feels like we're going for that old timey religion holiness instead of the holiness of of the new testament you know it's it's you mean the, like more by what you cut out of your life makes you more holier yeah if we can if we can stop leaders from sinning i think i think that's part of it as well like if we can just stop you know you were reading something earlier that your character means more than your gifting your gifting we don't really behave like that like i i've I heard think it, it sounds amazing and it's great but i don't think we the church actually practice that and i'm not advocating for bad character just to be clear yeah, that's not yeah. it's not what i'm doing i'm i'm just saying that you know i've heard it from the the more progressive ones that would call themselves progressive christians and they're prepared to accept someone's sexual brokenness because they're a great writer mm-hmm. because they're a great artist you know their art is amazing they can uh, but they like the they can do amazing things yeah, so they have a great gift of knowledge or yeah, knowledge. knowledge or whatever or, so we're going to accept their sexual brokenness no yeah and it's not we're it's not we're, that we're rejecting them we're just like trying to call them into this higher place and sort of like i've been wondering what is this higher place and you know but you know this bit um in Romans 7 it happens so regularly that it's predictable the moment i decide to do good sin is there to trip me up i truly delight in god's commands but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight parts of me covertly rebel and just when i least expect that they take charge i've tried everything and nothing helps i'm at the end of my rope is there no one who can do anything for me isn't that the real question and the answer thank god is that jesus christ can and does he acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where i want to serve god with all my heart and mind but i'm pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different and with the arrival of jesus the messiah that fateful dilemma is resolved those who enter into christ being for here for us no longer listen listen that's Feel like it's symbols or something. I know. Come on, those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous, low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. God went for the jugular when He sent His own Son. He didn't deal with the problem as something remote and unimportant. In his son Jesus, he personally took on the human condition, entered the disordered mass of struggling humanity in order to set it right once and for all. The law code, weakened as it always was by fractured human nature, could never have done that. The law always ended up being used as a band-aid on sin instead of a deep healing of it. And now what the law code asked for, but we couldn't deliver is accomplished as we, instead of redoubling our own efforts, simply embrace what the spirit is doing in us. And and for me, it is this, you know, this holiness thing 
is setting things right in this life of contradictions. Like it is this life of contradictions where we want to go after the kingdom and there are parts of us that just want to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. That parts of us just think like, hey, shipwrecked, it doesn't seem that appealing. Like, honestly, it's a Sunday night. We're going to watch the rings of power. And <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't seem that appealing to be shipwrecked and to spend all night in the open seas, right? But this... This is who we are. Like the, this is the people that we are. We are full of a heart that wants to be completely devoted to God and a heart that wants to draw near to God. And then we don't. There's that bit of us that just goes, no, don't really want to do that. And I think one of the things that this holiness thing is this, that, that's being prompted by holiness is this contradiction that's in us that we're aware that we have this contradiction and we don't because we're professional Christians. So we're on fire all the time, right? And that's the sort of thing that's portrayed. We're sort of on fire all the time, whether, you know, whether I'm playing golf or whether I'm driving behind people that don't seem to know how to drive or whatever, I'm always holy, right? I'm not full of contradictions and I am full of this. I am, I am 100% full of this contradiction in that I know what's the right thing to do, but I don't always do it. And I don't even always want to do it. So here's what I think the holiness thing. I think this holiness, part of what it is, I wonder, I don't know, I'm not landing there, but it is the embracing of what Jesus has done for us and not redoubling our own efforts, but just resting on what it is he has done. I don't think I'm talking, I mean, hyper grace, I think, I think if grace is properly preached, it should make you believe that you can do anything and get away with it. I think that's kind mm-hmm. of the, 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 that's what the apostle Paul was c- accused of, mm-hmm. and then had to actually come in and, and address that. Like you were, I'm not saying that you can do whatever you want, but, yeah. but this, this is not, um, like, I, I don't get, I don't get to, do whatever I want because I love them. Mm-hmm. It's not because I'm yeah. checking a list. I, I, I get, I, you know, for me, it's actually the, 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 uh, the ditches are removed. If I remain in relationship, if this is actually a relationship, if this is resting on what he has done rather than me redoubling my efforts. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we've all tried to redouble our efforts. I think we've yeah. all tried to do that, you know? Certainly, as a you know, a young man, and you know, with with all with all stuff going on, you know, you sort of like re- try to redouble your efforts. And well, this is it from Monday. Like we redouble our efforts every Monday to eat healthy, and we exercise. <laughs> this Monday. Tomorrow, starting tomorrow morning, start right? Walking going to be on that yeah that's what we're going to do <laughs> and then what happens is we have to embrace the contradiction that we don't actually want to do we that don't really want to do it. um so but I, I think it's back to that covenant it's wanting to walk in the covenant that god has actually made for us right and it's 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 not, it's wanting to to live from a place where we're not grieving him. And I think even understanding our flaws and our, you know, uh, failures at times, it, it, it's not wanting to, I want to want to, yeah. What is it? I want, Vince to want, I want you to want to do the I dishes. I want you to want to do the dishes. Nobody wants to do the dishes. <laughs> but I think it's understanding, if we understood the covenant that God's made with us, 
in Christ that he fulfilled that covenant. And we have complete access. We are completely holy. We are completely righteous. And so for me, it is like going after that. And I think, you know, being brought up in a more, uh, in a, when I was younger in my faith and, you know, if you didn't smoke, you didn't drink, you didn't run about with wild men, not that I ran about with wild men or anything, but just this one. <laughs> but, you know, you, you perform and, and I think that it's how you perform is then depends on how much God loves you. I think that's how we interpret it, you know, by what you do is how is the level of God's love for you. And, um, but that just re produces performers. And, and I think we've seen that, like we've seen people who have performed well in public and then their, their life has been like a bit of a, you know, they've, it's been disaster. They haven't done well. And I don't really wish that on anyone. I think, um, that's what I think. Yes. I, I think we 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 say things like we're not into religion, we're into relationship. Yes. And, and we don't actually know how to have a relationship with Jesus. Right. Like I, I wonder if that's so what we do is we try to work on all the peripheral stuff and we get afraid of anything that might bring us back into religion, you know. So one of the things I teach in the Daniel company is, mm -hmm. is to ritualize things. Yeah. Is to make a ritual out of some stuff because it's it's very powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, but if we're if we're in this kind of thing where we have rejected religion and said we're in relationship, I just I would say in my decades of being you know in in ministry in this kind of like you know working f with Christians and equipping Christians, I would say in the decades that we have been doing it, people just don't know how to have a relationship. Because we go from that place of reading your Bible, having your quiet time every day, and it becoming empty and void and just routine. And then what happens after that? And people get baptized with the Holy Spirit, and finally right. He is personal to them. Yes. And then where do you go from there? Are we just kind of stuck or are we deepening our relationship? And then we get into questions about grace. Is it hyper grace? Are there ditches? Or when really, if we're just in this relationship with Jesus? I think that's something you do really, really well is bring people into that relationship with Jesus. And um, I think you have a beautiful relationship with Jesus, right? Like, and you know, you're going to struggle with me saying that. In front <laughs> yes. of you, have a, you have a beautiful relationship with Jesus. And that becomes, I think, very attractive. Like if, if it's possible, like I, I wonder how much of us even becoming older and you know, doubling down on the Daniel company together and all that kind of stuff is just that we really, yes, it's about seeing the spirit. Yes, it's about, yeah. you know, discernment. Yes, it's about the whole mystical thing. But really, I want you to be in a relationship. The, the secret is yeah. we both think we can give you mm -hmm. something. And this is not an advertisement for the Daniel company. But that's kind of the crux mm -hmm. of it is I want to bring people into the intimacy mm -hmm. of the knowledge of the holy. Ooh. And, and then once you're doing that, like, do you, like, do you want to hurt him? You, you don't. You don't. Um, what, what grieves him grieves you. Like, that's where you want to be, isn't it? Like, you, you want to be, like, in this place of adoration, of constant adoration, 
where you've built the place, you know, you've built that place of adoration, like the idea of um, being tempted to run off with another man <laughs> sounds like ludicrous to me right. because we've built this and you know many of you are in the same <laughs> in the same boat right because um, it's been blood sweat and tears and a lot of fun a lot of fun not just like oh it's really hard being married no it's been a lot of fun um and so so Say when, that with a smile though it's been a lot of fun <laughs> it's been a lot of fun <laughs> Honestly, it's been great. Um, so I think when you're in that place of awe and wonder with the Lord, and then like you just don't want, and you've cultivated it on a daily basis, you haven't been running out the door, giving a quick peck on the cheek, yeah. so to speak. It's like, see you later. Yeah. Uh, but, and I always think of like quiet time, like I was brought up, you do your quiet time. But I, I kind of like relate that to a quick peck in the cheek. It's like, it, that certainly wouldn't be great if we want to deepen our relationship at our, our marriage like that. It wouldn't have lasted 30 years um, if that was the depth of it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the same with the Lord. I think it is always, it's cultivating the adoration, the place of adoration with him. I, I think we always come back to that, don't we? Like, it's a broken record for us. It is yeah. cultivating adoration is the secret sauce of our lives and because um, it's always about connection with him yeah it's it's really mm -hmm. you know i think i think we i think they're we we're probably as guilty of it as as anybody but the the you know one of the one of the signs of i think some of the fake esoteric thinking and some of the you know even some of the teachings and all that out there, they're trying to make the straight path crooked. Mm. They're trying to make it way more complicated th than it is. And sometimes I'm sure we can do that, but um, it's really straightforward. Like whether the fivefold, whether the, you know, the, uh, the foundations of the church, the apostle and prophet, and with the other three that were very willing to accept pastors, teachers, evangelists, but really our job is to show you Jesus. It really is. That's, that, it. That, that's kind of it. Like I, I had one of my more profound encounters with the prophet Daniel. Um, and uh, one of my more profound encounters, I think, ever. And not that it lasted you know, super long, but I, I just asked him what what's the secret, you know? Like, how do you get to be where you are? And, he, and his thing was just, just point people to Jesus. Mm. Just keep people, just keep, <laughs> just keep pointing to yes. King Jesus. That, that this is the secret yeah. sauce for everything. If we can just get to that place and in our contradictions mm -hmm. and allow us to be these contradicted characters that we want to want to, <laughs> uh, but really it's about Jesus. Yeah. Like if we can get a glimpse of Jesus and, and sometimes that can be, you know, you know, seeing, you know, seeing his face, uh, but sometimes it can just be seeing his hand over your life, mm -hmm. just seeing what he's done and his heart towards you. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think it's, mm -hmm. that's, that's what we do. We, um, 
you know, there's been times in worship. Do you remember in Jesus Culture, the All Saints, was it? All State Arena? All State. All State Arena. And All Saints were a fine. So we were in, this was year by <laughs> five, no, eight years ago. Oh, a long time ago. <laughs> and um, it was a whole conference, Jesus Culture, we're doing, and it was in All State arena in chicago we were there and at one point the worship was coming to a close and then suddenly it wasn't allowed to stop so that the worship team started to catch what heaven was doing and there was a whole influx of the angelic and um and the place was like on fire it was crazy and the worship was responding to heaven in the room and and all like i um could sense something i knew it in my nor but i couldn't see it physically and i'm like what is happening there's something just happened because it was this almost tribal worship that fifteen thousand people were worshiping to this thing and it would go in waves and you know the the worship would like come to crescendo and then it would go i think it's actually still on youtube you can see it on youtube it's different to experience it though but um at one point what happened there was something shifted and it was because jesus came in the room <laughs> i didn't see it but i saw it i he came in the room and the whole angelic host all like filled the place and it erupted and it was like we all knew he was there and of course he's there you know what i'm saying but it, his manifest presence came and he filled that arena and we all knew it we couldn't all see it but we knew he was he had just king jesus had showed up and let me say this there is nothing worth uh pursuing more than king jesus yeah. There's nothing as glorious as seeing him, experiencing him, and, and feeling all of heaven vibrating to the, the synergy and to the vibrations of him and his gloriousness. It is stunning. And it went on for 15 minutes, like 15, 20 minutes. We could, like, I think it was Banning was trying to, like, he Banning's was, under pressure from all state arena management. Because <laughs> time. Know, Shut it down, man. <laughs> and there's no way you're shutting that down. That was like, oh, it was like a glimpse. I, it was one of the most incredible worship experiences I've ever, corporate experiences I've ever experienced. Because King Jesus. And, and we can get we can get into this sort of theological piece of it, you know, that God is everywhere, Jesus is everywhere anyway. Yes. That he is omnipresent. And yet he told the disciples that it was better that he leaves because the you know the one who was coming yeah. was, was better a better option so so there's something about god being Ooh, everywhere and then there's something about god being inside us and indwelling yeah. us and then there's something about god showing up and then there's something about the glory of god showing up like yeah. the, the actual glory of god like i'm intrigued by this I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I mean, I've been intrigued by it for years. The, this sort of Revelation 5, this, um, you know, this Revelation 5, but now to him 
who sits on the throne unto the Lamb, mm. be glory, <laughs> honor, power, mm. and dominion forever and ever and ever and ever. Like the whole notion of just the, the, like the angels, like calling down or declaring glory because there's just something yeah. about the glory. There's something about the glory. There is. It's all about that glory. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Know what yes, that was like, glory. that was stunning. Yeah, it was great. Stunning. Yeah, what had happened, there was a whole shift that had happened, and I saw the, the angel of the Church of Chicago, so not the Principality of Chicago, not the angel over Chicago, it was the angel of the Church of Chicago, which I think is mm -hmm. a very important distinction. Um, but it was the angel of the Church of Chicago came in, and, and what happened was all the sort of like uh, heavenly beings that were there, sort of like, you know, sort of... They were bumping into you, you were like... Well, Pete Garner and everything was yeah. like, what is going on? And there's things What's... bumping into me and like, <laughs> you know, so, and, you know, so this high-ranking heavenly being came in anyway, and then all the angels sort of like got into file, and then at one point Jesus, well, at one point they actually all separated, they went to, you know, different parts of the arena, and just knelt. They just knelt. And then Jesus, Jesus came in all his glory. Yeah. And we know when Jesus comes in, everything changes, right? Everything changes. So anyway. Yeah, so it's beautiful. So Jesus, we just release the testimony of you. The testimony of Jesus, we release over everyone who is on this call, who, who wants to, to encounter you, Lord. We ask that you would encounter them tonight, even this week, Lord, over any time anyone's listening, Lord. We release that encounter, that glorious encounter, Lord. We release the healing of Jesus, that Jesus would get what he paid for. Father, for anyone who's listening, who needs healing, who needs deliverance, who needs things broken off their life, Lord, but that, that anything that is stopping the adoration from rising in their hearts, if their hearts are broken, Lord, pour your oil over their heart even now, God, because that we would be this glorious bride that we would be the ones unstoppable because we are shining. We are the shining and the burning ones. And that we are attracting people, not by even shouting at the darkness, but by bringing the light of who we are in yeah. Christ. Yeah. Mm. God, I, I just ask that you would walk into rooms this week. Yes. That yes, th yes. Those that are listening right now and those that will listen, that you walk into rooms, that you, you, you meet people exactly where they're at when they need king jesus like those of us that need king jesus to touch our finances our relationships our health our future our destinies the call in our life god that that you would walk into rooms this week and that we would have the testimonies that you came yeah and i i just feel like um 
you know, for some of us, uh, we feel like uh, we we haven't performed enough. We haven't done enough quiet time. We haven't done enough prayer. We haven't. So how could we expect an encounter? I just want to break that off. That's a lie. Uh, Jesus doesn't depend on you and you to get to a certain point and then he'll encounter you. That's not who he is. Yeah. He will encounter you in the worst of places, in the hardest of places. He will meet you because he adores you and loves you. And so God, for such a time as this, would you uh, light our hearts on fire afresh today and, and continue to do so forever. <laughs> so we bless you guys. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah.